0: The professional can clear uh, a rail or a counter in less than three minutes.
1: It would be nice if one could look for a type and say that is a potential shoplifter. Um, In fact, it doesn't work like this at all. Uh, Results have shown that pilferage or shoplifting can be done by anybody from any background, any age, any status. There aren't any rules. Um, We
2: would hand over every case to the guards.
3: Shoplifting. The crime that's costing millions of pounds a year. Retail stores have an annual turnover of over £760 million in Ireland. At least 1% of that is lost by shoplifting. And what do the shoplifters take? Virtually everything portable. And sometimes things not so portable. They can all be the target of shoplifters. Indeed, the current favourites are tartan kilts and tins of salmon.
2: You know, the two tins are the same size. One costs almost twice the other. Um, and yet, very often, somebody caught stealing will be stealing the cheaper one because it's because they may have to pay for it. They may, or it may be just what they want and they're in the habit of eating pink rather than red.
3: Supermarket man Fergal Quinn, who sees the problem this way.
2: The real problem, and I think that the very definite problem in Dublin City, is the professional team of shoplifters. And every supermarket now, every large supermarket, has security people who know these people fairly well. And the same people um, may well be, the same professional team Uh, could well be a professional team of pickpockets. And therefore there's a need for strict security at the entrance door of supermarkets to to see these people coming in and to know them and recognise them.
3: How well organised is shoplifting on the whole?
4: Very well organised. There are possibly about six different teams operating in the city of Dublin alone. Um, These people are all well known to security people working in the city centre. In fact, they're on first name terms. Um, Very cosy. Indeed. uh, In fact, there is a light side to it, I'm glad to say, at times. But people are quite capable of doing a tremendous amount of damage if they're let loose in a departmental store or any retail outlet. Mm. They only need three, four minutes, and a retailer can be minus four or five hundred pounds worth of his stock.
3: Pauline O'Neill, a store detective on the beat, so to speak, in a big shop,
0: says... The difference uh, between the professional and the amateur, as it were, is the professional can clear uh, a rail or a counter in less than three minutes, whereas the amateur takes about maybe anything from 15 minutes to two hours, depending on how large the store is. And this is why we have to uh, watch the professional more, because they know what it's all about. The amateur is... An amateur. But how do they get away with the loot? They sometimes take in refuse sacks, you know, the plastic refuse sacks, and uh, they can fill them in, as I said, less than three minutes. And
3: how do they get them out of the store?
0: Well, sometimes, uh, depending on... on uh, if we know them well, uh, they may leave the bag. Now, sometimes we get the bag. For that, again, they have uh, what we call carriers, and uh, they take them out. They come in. Maybe we don't know these people. And they come in and they collect the stuff. If we can't find what they filled up, you know, the bags they filled up, so that's how that works.
2: The professional team could come in, could do a considerable amount of damage before they, um, you know, considerable amount of damage to either property or to, to the customers' property as well. And um, before they're noticed, they can be asked to leave. Then, but they could have a few wallets in their pocket, or they could have considerable amount of goods. The professional team, in general, uh, will not try to steal the the ordinary mundane. Um, Supermarket goods. They will obviously aim for clothing, fashion, and um, but also aim on occasions at the uh, if they can it must get be away very with hard it. to
3: hide. Though I mean I can't imagine somebody <coughs> going out with an overcoat tucked
2: under their arm. Well, we had an instance one occasion um, where we had six. No, I think there were eleven uh, rather expensive coats taken uh, in one swoop, and uh, in effect the method that was used was one where. A team came in, and one of the teams suddenly caused a fuss at one part of the shop, started to shout and scream that I think the baby had been kidnapped or something that caused everybody in the shop to turn around to see what uh, this party was screaming about. And when everybody turned around, the um, coats disappeared the other side, uh, at the other side of the shop, uh, into it's a pram on a way out or something like this. That wasn't a supermarket scene, that was more in, in, a, in a fashion drapery.
3: Superintendent Tom Kelly of the Garda Shiakona says.
5: Well, we'd find it very difficult to distinguish the professional from the one who may steal property in a shop for uh, necessity or other obvious reasons. Um, We know that, for example, in the year 1975, there were 3,225 offences of that type reported to the guards, and there is no immediate means of distinguishing the professional, the the one who would steal, perhaps to sell again, uh, from the person who stole, perhaps because of an immediate want in some other area.
3: But something like a pot of yoghurt in a supermarket is obviously something very small. What about the person who maybe clears an entire rail in a department store? Would they not be considered professionals and the others amateurs?
5: Yes, I think the professional uh, conjures up immediately uh, the idea of a receiver behind the scene, somebody to whom the property can be immediately sold or otherwise disposed of. Um, no doubt, the, that class of shoplifter does exist, but uh, it's not always possible Um, Except with a very searching investigation, in some cases, uh, it's not always possible to uh, discover if in
6: fact there is such a background to the theft.
3: Outside the big urban centres, the problem is lighter, as one shopkeeper reported.
6: Well, as regards the small suburban shop, newsagent, cigarettes, sweets and paper bags, the amount of uh, shoplifting that goes on is not very large by modern day standards. There's always a certain amount of shoplifting of uh, bars of chocolate and maybe paperbacks. But cigarettes, very little, of course, because they're, they're in behind the counter and that's it. And overall, I think the, uh, the amount of shoplifting generally in small suburban shop is is pretty low, mostly because no matter what time you go in, there's always somebody behind the counter to serve and keep an eye out. And this generally stops... A terrible lot of shoplifters, once they think that a pair of eyes are on them, they don't bother very much. It's it's in the supermarkets and larger stores where they get away from staff that they're inclined to pick up stuff and not put them back down again. If you go in for a lot of the impulse sales effort, it means that you have to have your goods on open display. And, of course, by doing that, you take the chance of shoplifting and you probably realise that there will be an amount of shoplifting and it's it's built into your prices in quite a lot of places. But uh, with the open display sort of thing, you run the risk of the thing getting out of hand before you realise it until it suddenly shows up in your figures and you find you've been standing around for quite a while and nothing coming back to you.
3: Children can be a problem, and there can be problems with their parents.
2: I think the guards have uh, different rules of their own. If they, f- they have certain rules regarding children, for instance, and they don't necessarily take into the court, but they have a situation where they're taken into a room with the superintendent on the first offence or the second offence and, and ticked off. Um, I think we also find the situation where the reaction of parents to children being caught um, is very different some parents react very strongly how dare you accuse my little boy even though it's very obvious and they know Mm. he's been caught other parents come down and say we are very grateful to you for for catching him at this early age because we didn't know there was a problem there we'll now work on it and it's it is interesting to see the concerned parents and those who are who are very defensive and believe that he couldn't do it that he couldn't make that mistake and um who automatically blame the supermarket and say well look you shouldn't allow children in you shouldn't allow goods to be placed uh, in open display you shouldn't put temptation in somebody's way and i think they've a point Mm. And the difficulty is when we go to uh, children and say, sorry, we'd prefer you didn't come into the shop, we never know what sort of reaction we'll get from the parents. We do um, have fairly tight uh, rules and fairly strong rules mm. about groups of children coming in um, in order to avoid... Uh, Groups coming in just to wander around the place, and that obviously puts temptation in their way because yes. one says to the other one, "You have a go at it," and this sort And of
3: anyway, they get in everybody's way if there are gangs even going around. Yes, well, I'm not even thinking else. of
2: gangs, but uh, very often you'll have coming back from school, one has to one has to do some shopping for his mother and um, or her mother, and uh, three or four pals will come in with them. Mm. We usually ask the one to come in on his or her own, and the others to stay um, to stay outside.
3: Keeping some children out can. Call for a bit of toughness on the part of store detectives. Mm-hmm. Can you get outside the door from here, and I bring
2: you. Oh my, oh no, she's my, no. one now. So. My knees are knocking. My knees are huh? knocking.
0: Do you want to go walking no. like
2: a movie
0: I said no,
3: Superintendent Kelly.
5: Well, there is, of course, a, f- a very well-known drill within the force now, which applies to um, young people involved in crime where uh, if it is their first offence and if it's clearly established that they have in fact committed it, they admit it and uh, the property is returned and the offended person doesn't wish to see a proceeding, um, we can uh, deal with them by way of caution and put them under a form of probation, as it were, for a few years afterwards. Um, That's still done. It's done in in shoplifting crimes as in any other crime in which a young person is involved.
3: Are there very many children actually at it? Uh,
5: Again, the figures don't show uh, how many of the offences reported to us, for example, in the latest year for which we have figures, that's 1975, they don't show how many of them were children. We merely have the number of offences reported to the guards. Uh, It would be fair to say this is a good proportion. Uh, The crime, indictable crime in this country, by the way, as a whole, show that about 25% of it is committed by people under the age of 17. So you could uh, reasonably assume that of the total shoplifting offences committed in Ireland any one year, 25% of them are committed by those under 17.
3: Many people, of course, have at some time or other had the fear of being wrongfully accused of shoplifting. Michael Campbell, chief executive of Mace Marketing in Ireland, comments on the dangers of wrongful accusation.
1: If in doubt, don't um, apprehend, and certainly our guide to our members would be that unless you are absolutely 101% sure you do not apprehend, because... Uh, where you're talking about something as serious as prosecution, you can't be half right or three-quarter right. So, um, I, th- you know, I'm sure that, again, most of our retailers realise that, if in doubt, do nothing. And they go out of their way, if they do see a potential shoplifter, to uh, scrutinise them completely so that if somebody is apprehended, they are absolutely sure that it is a correct case. But uh, the rule of thumb is... Beware of the dangers of, and the the, the injustice perhaps, of wrongful apprehension, and don't go near the person.
3: It worries the people in the stores too.
2: One of the very first cases of shoplifting I had at at a very early stage in in my own career, uh, seeing a lady place a very large jar of bovel into her pocket. Uh, I remember that stage it was ten sixpence worth, which was a huge amount of money. Somebody and it was must have been a very big pocket and we didn't sell ten and six penny barvels too often we only had two or three in the shelf and uh, seeing her put it in her pocket and getting very worried about what to do and deciding that we would have to challenge, uh, challenge her once she left the shop and just as I built up to do it the um, one of the assistants came running round to say he'd found the ten and six penny barvel at the other side of the shop over on top of the detergents in other words, the customer who had, the, the the shoplifter who had decided to take it, had a change in conscience at the other side of the shop, or for whatever reason, maybe she thought she'd been seen, changed her mind and decided mm. not to not to take it at all. Now the, the serious implications there would been that had we chal- had we challenged her, um, we would have been very seriously guilty, and we would have been guilty because um, she wasn't in fact shoplifting on the occasion. And ever since then, uh, I've certainly been very aware that if you see somebody, you really have to watch them to make sure they don't change their mind afterwards. There must be no doubt
4: whatsoever as to what has taken place. Um, if they observe a customer uh, conceal an item, they must know what that item is, where it is concealed. Because you can have the situation where potential shoplifters will take items, put them into a bag or into their coat pocket, particularly in supermarkets they'll walk around they walk around um, a corner they're out of sight for maybe only 10-15 seconds and for some reason or other they decide they don't want the item that they have taken now they're not going to go back to where they have originally taken the item from, they put it down amongst the cornflakes the jams, the jellies and if the store detective misses that and subsequently follows the customer outside the store and arrests them, they are in extremely serious trouble.
3: When do the challenges or arrests
7: take place? Usually we pick them up either in the fitting room or outside the shop. There has been a worry. A lot of retailers feel that they cannot touch anybody within their own premises. This is not so You can, in fact, if the intention has been to remove the garment without paying for it, you can, or the goods without paying, you can apprehend them in your own store.
3: Noella Price
0: of Open Till 8 Boutique and from Pauline O'Neill of Store Security. It's all in the approach and how you uh, suggest to the person that they've taken something, and if you tell them something that they've taken, then nine times out of ten they'll just say, I'm sorry, and they come back. You will get the odd one but basically they run away. You don't have any worries about putting your hand on them because you can't catch them.
4: By law, you're entitled to stop a person once they have passed the point of sale.
0: Mm.
4: Now, to bring a case to court on those grounds, you would be leaving yourself uh, very open. And the only way to be 100% sure is let the person walk out onto the street and, in fact, let them, if possible walk some distance away from the store, so there can be absolutely no doubt in anybody's mind that the person had no intention to uh, pay for the item at all.
3: Of course, prevention is better than cure, and the guards advise...
5: Prevention, of course, is is the obvious advice in the case of any crime, and uh, with the property displayed, so obviously in shops and stores and supermarkets, uh, clearly it's a case where prevention can um, have its own special reward. Uh, to prevent it, of course, would involve a very efficient training of uh, staffs so that they would know how to, um, first of all, how to observe the goings-on of customers, uh, when they should become suspicious, what they would what they would do, what drill should be followed in, in particular cases where their suspicion is well established, and uh, indeed it may go so far as to training them as to how they should in fact approach a suspect shoplifter, what questions they would put and... Uh, Uh, that type of procedural training generally would be, I think, very useful if uh, major stores adopted it for their staffs.
3: And now Michael Campbell.
1: Our policy, very simply, is where possible, deterrent, and put in as many uh, preventatives to shoplifting happening um, rather than try and solve the problem afterwards. So the... Mirrors which show the aisles in the shop and the low shelves are all part of this deterrent and the manager having his uh, office so that he overlooks his shop. But in essence, to deter, we feel, is far better than to try and solve the problem afterwards.
3: Is um, apprehension an even bigger problem for somebody who is liable to know all his customers?
1: Well, we have an advantage there because as most mace shops are situated in um rural communities, they have the, the they know their customers. So uh, in large areas thousands of people can go through a shop. You don't really know them. Um but the mace grocer in fact does probably know ninety or ninety five percent of the people going into his shop. So he starts off with an advantage, we feel.
3: Is the mirror the major deterrent or do you have others?
1: Well, the mirror, I mean, there can't... Yes, in some shops they would use television cameras, but in essence um, there isn't any substitute for people watching um, the customers, watching potential shoplifters.
3: And I asked Noola Price if she
7: has a security system. Yes, we've recently installed a security system and we have found that it it has reduced the losses by about 75%. That does not mean it cuts it out entirely but certainly they have been dramatically reduced. The main security system that is installed in most shops, not in department stores, I presume for the cost reason is too high, but in smaller shops at any rate, is an electronic um, activated magnet type tag which is attached to the garment, not on the seams but on the main body of the garment, in my case a garment, so that it cannot be removed by a thief. Of course, there can be a lighter side. Uh, There's a a well-known retailer in Dublin who recently installed a security system in his own shop, which happens to be a very long, narrow uh, establishment in in the leading shopping street in Dublin. As he walked in the door of his own shop, there were two well-dressed housewives coming out, one carrying a handbag, another a very small plastic bag, and the security system went off. None of his staff raised their eyebrows, and he looked at the two ladies and gauged that the system must have been working, decided to follow them. He followed them up the stairs of one of the leading department stores in the country to the fourth floor where they sat down and had a cup of coffee. He approached them and was very careful not to specify that he considered that they had taken something. He merely said that... He was afraid that the assistant had forgotten to remove the security tag and that when they got home, they wouldn't be able to take it off and hence would be unable to wear the garment. They initially were blustering and saying that no way had they been in his shop, but while he was talking, he was bending down and happened to put his hand into the plastic bag and, of course, removed a dress which had a tag on it. Then they agreed with him that, in their own interests, they would come back and have the tag removed. When they got to the bottom of the third floor escalator, of course, one went in one direction and the other went in the other direction. My friend proceeded down, as he said, through floor floors of this leading department store with an uh, wrapped garment over his arm. Nobody accosted him in the, the, the store. He went out through the front door. Nobody stopped him. He went into his own shop, which is three or four doors away, His security system again went off. Again, none of his staff raised an eyebrow. He went down to the back of the shop, threw the garment on the counter and was about to bawl hell out of his own assistance when he discovered that, in fact, the dress was from another shop altogether.
3: Where, presumably, the alarm system had also gone off. Red faces all round. But the red faces are most often on the detective shoplifters who offer all sorts of excuses.
0: Various excuses. Um, Firstly, you get tablets, you know, Valium or something like that.
3: And it's always a sort of semi-hard luck story? Basically, yeah,
0: basically. Do you usually believe it? Uh, Not really. Sometimes, perhaps.
4: Uh, Some people say you shouldn't prosecute pregnant women. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, because I have seen pregnant women being apprehended with considerable amounts of merchandise... And it doesn't go down to the fact that they are pregnant, Mm. that women do strange things when they're pregnant. These have been calculated shopping trips where they have gone out to steal.
7: I don't listen to any stories. I go straight out, ring the guards, and they are down very efficiently within ten minutes.
2: This talk of kleptomania, something i' you know I really wouldn 't claim to know anything about a psychiatrist would claim that there is such a disease um and that people find it difficult find difficulty in stopping and i 'm sure they're right mm-hmm. um i i wouldn 't claim to be an expert i one little rule I have or had in the past doesn 't apply now um was I used to notice that if we saw shoplifters, they very often were smoking. We don't have smoking in our shops nowadays, um, but very often it almost ended in in a situation whereby if you saw somebody smoking in the shop, and we used permit smoking in the shops, if you saw somebody smoking in the shop, you almost got suspicious, which is most unfair. (laughs) I think the the situation would be that people were... Worried, concerned, yes. weary, and needed to relax a little bit if they were ah. planning to do it, and therefore were tempted to smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, since smoking is now discouraged in practically all food shops, I suppose that clue doesn't doesn't uh, arise. But I think that would show you that even the uh, those who were shoplifting w- were certainly worried. It is a, it is a, a high tension thing.
3: Kleptomania. Well, does it exist? Psychiatrist Dr. Harry Crawley.
2: Well, I
8: think it would be better to say that. There are various causes which have perhaps the basis in psychological disorder, why people may steal things. Um, Certainly they're not, of course, the explanation of all stealing. Kleptomania is usually reserved for um, a disorder in which there is a perpetual compulsion to steal, and the stealing in many ways is irrational because the person doesn't appear to gain from the theft and in fact needs to obtain some object, often any object, uh, frequently doesn't attempt to resell it or to benefit from it, but hides it away again it is frequently thought that the basis of kleptomania, which occurs more commonly in children than in adults, is some form of affection-stealing, so that the object is an affectional substitute.
3: Then that is something that one could almost leave aside. Well, then what um, is the psychiatric basis for people who shoplift? Do the the people who do it fall into various categories?
8: Well, insofar as there's a common thread, you can say that the basis is that the behaviour for the person represents a deviation which for them is completely inconsistent with their previous personality and character now there are various types of people who who shoplift Um, one group are women in middle age this I think has been fairly well established frequently who appear to have depression and who have no history previously of theft Um, who don't necessarily take very much and often what they take is of little value and is even irrational they may take items which obviously couldn't be of any further value to them Um, uh, as I say, the, subsequently it has been dis- discovered that they have been suffering from depressions at this time and other other explanations why but that 's one type of of group um Some children, particularly children with a deprived background, um, who have either lost their parents or have in one way or another um, lack of uh, affection early in life, an affectional sort of basis for their for their emotional life appear to be more inclined to shoplift. Uh, handicapped children uh, can be more inclined to shoplift as well. Sometimes, of course, they can be exploited by others and simply, in this kind of Fagan type of, of Oliver Twist type of store situation, can be used merely uh, by, by others as shoplifters. The... Um other associations really would be excitement, for one thing, so, uh, can, can be a basis in the sense that the actual uh, challenge of being able to do this and get away with it may be, may be stimulating, to a, particularly to a young child. And um, it can be a way of drawing attention to a problem in somebody who actually has no, uh, no clear insight into the fact that they need help but has a, an unconscious awareness of the fact that they, they need in some way to, be, to have their problems brought to attention and um, some, therefore one would feel that the basis there is the wish to be caught rather than the wish to actually acquire something. All these things seem to mix together in producing different types of psychological basis.
3: A shoplifter is caught, but are shoplifters always handed over to the guards? What, for example, would make Pauline O'Neill take this action?
0: Well, attitude mostly, uh, depending on how they react to what has happened. If they you know, persist in denying it, then naturally we have to take them to the police station to safeguard ourselves. Hmm. But uh, if they're sorry and things like that, then we let them go, you know. And they don't make a fuss? Well, most of them don't make a fuss, depending on how you approach them outside, you know. Uh,
2: We found a situation whereby we had uh, a number of shoplifting cases. Some of them appeared to be very sad. The wife of... um, of a man who was just going for promotion, who was well-known uh, in, in that particular community, and he could be a teacher or a manager or somewhere, to whom his wife appearing in, in, in the court was going to do considerable damage to him. And next to him was, um, oh, somebody who was, who was unimportant and who was perhaps <coughs> came from a community where it wouldn't be regarded as being very important to be caught shoplifting... And there was obviously a temptation to say, well, the amount of damage you do to one family is far more than the amount of damage you do to the other. And uh, on that situation, you would almost find yourself tempted to say, well, let's not prosecute one, and, you know, we should go ahead and prosecute the other because they've done a lot of shoplifting. And suddenly that situation was terribly serious because here I personally was lying awake at night trying to decide what should we do. And... Um, and you can see that the main danger there is that I would end up as a judge um, in deciding, and before it ever got to court, before it ever got to court, and and not only that, but um, I would end up as a judge biased almost because uh, on the amount of damage it would do to one family as against another. So, <coughs> excuse me, on on the basis of that, having thought it out, and really to be quite fair, having lain awake on a number of nights knowing the amount of damage uh, that was doing, yeah. I made a decision personally that in future we would hand over every case to the guards. We would say to the guards, "Um, this is a case that we have seen, Um, you make a decision as to whether to prosecute or not.
7: We have an absolute policy of prosecution. We never listen to any stories. In fact, I just don't listen. We find uh, a customer either through uh, a one-way mirror or... Um, through girls keeping their eyes open, has put a garment in her bag or in concealed it about her person and has no intention of paying for it. And whether she's in or out of the shop makes very little difference. If the intention has been to remove a garment from the premises without paying for it, the judge will stand over that. And the guard's viewpoint?
5: Well, the groundwork is usually, of course, done by the manager or the staff member or perhaps the security uh, employee of the business concerned. Uh, The observation has been made by him or her, that security officer or or employee, the physical evidence, that is the property which has been stolen or suspected to have been stolen, is usually uh, seized or forthcoming. The person involved is usually identified, uh, and in fact in many cases the manager or person in charge of the premises has spoken to the suspect Uh, and has decided on his uh, line of action. At that stage, the guards are are informed. Uh, I just mentioned that to show you that uh, the machinery of the law has in fact been put in motion uh, when the guards are called, and it's their duty, clearly in law, to deal with the person in accordance with the law, and that involves pursuing the ordinary drill for the charging and releasing on bail or remanding in custody of an ordinary arrested person. So they take the person to the guard the station with the security officer or witness who uh, detected the offence in the first instance. They also bring the property involved. And from there on, the the drill, uh, as I said, is is pursued in the same way as any other crime. The person is questioned, the statement is taken from the witnesses, the property is retained and charge sheets prepared and the person released on bail or in custody, remanded in custody in appropriate
4: cases.
3: Les McLinden is not altogether satisfied with what happens when shoplifters are taken to court.
4: Because in this country we still work with the uh, Larceny Act of 1916, uh, whereas in the UK they have the Theft Act of 1968, uh, which allows um, the same onus isn't put on the person prosecuting to prove the case, whereas under the Larceny Act we're rather constricted, or restricted, I should say. First offenders normally get the Probation Act or possibly a small fine. Uh, Habitual offenders will possibly get a larger fine or a prison sentence. There doesn't seem to be any uh, uniformity in the sentences uh, handed out in the courts.
3: Presumably you would like to see uniformity. Exactly. That everybody knows when they set out to shoplift what's going to happen if they get caught. I don't
4: think the penalties... Uh, the penalties are strong enough. I don't certainly advocate that everybody should be sent to prison or anything like that, but I do feel that if a person is going to go out, set out to steal, and if they are caught, uh, that the only place that you're going to really hurt them is in their pocket.
3: A district justice, however, suggested to me that there's nothing really to get too alarmed about. He's of the opinion that, apart from the professional shoplifters, who are always sent to jail when they're apprehended, Amateur shoplifting is no greater problem than it was about ten years ago. He's found that, by and large, the lifters fall into a number of fairly easily classifiable categories. First of all, there are some of the summer visiting students. They take the chance because they know that they can only be sent home, and what they're liable to have fallen for is a tartan kilt. Then there's the housewife who comes into Dublin City from a neighbouring county, maybe Westmeath or Kildare, She's usually accompanied, either by a daughter or by a friend and she runs out of money before her day's shopping's completed so she decides to lift. Then there's the man, usually on a Saturday afternoon. He's thrown out of the pub for the holy hour and decides to fill in the time and his free purchase is likely to be a sports jacket. And there's the woman in need, whose husband is out of work. All of these cases are liable to be dealt with lightly by the courts and have the Probation Act applied. And according to the justice, he's most unlikely to see that offender back in court again. The professionals, however, are a different matter, and they can get stiff sentences, if they're caught. But overall, says this justice, and he suggests that his colleagues would agree, honesty is a thing of the past. People are inclined to regard the cost of living and inflation as justification for getting round paying for items. And also people, particularly young people, want more in material terms – And not being able to afford it is no deterrent. Ally that to modern shop layout, says the Justice, and there you have your shoplifting problem. In the basic business of preventing shoplifting, certainly in the larger stores, the security person or store detective plays a major role. What makes a good one?
4: Good store detectives are very difficult uh, to get. They're sort of a breed unto themselves, Naturally they have to be observant, they've got to have uh, confidence in themselves, they must be capable of making or working on their own, uh, making decisions, making the right decisions and making them quickly. They must have a great deal of patience, they can spend at times considerable periods keeping a suspect uh, under observation. They must be 100% sure of their facts.
0: It's an in, a built-in thing. It's, it's not, you can't be thought to be a store detective. You, Within the first week, you either make it or you don't make it. And I think generally people who are not going to make it know themselves before the three months training or whatever it is, month, is, three months is up. And uh, they generally leave. And the ones who stay are the ones who make it. Store detectives seem to be mainly girls, and the younger girls at that. Uh, well, again, there's no hard and fast rule. There's uh, We come in various sizes <laughs> and uh, bills, as I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, no, I think it's a dedication, really, that matters more than anything else. You, you're, you either like what you do or you don't like it. There's no in-between. There's no, you know, I stay at it because mm. you either like it or you don't like it, and that's it.
3: Without trying to be dramatic... Can it be dangerous? Do people accused of shoplifting ever get heavy?
0: They do, sometimes, but uh, I've been lucky. But uh, a lot of other girls haven't been. And uh, it can be a tough job, it can be dangerous. And uh, it's not always an easy job, as easy as it seems to be. But, uh, again, it's a job that's necessary.
4: The unfortunate situation at the moment is the violence that has come into shoplifting now. It has created uh, a lot of problems for the people working on the ground because they have only limited means of taking action in situations where people become violent. They don't have the same powers as the police uh, and therefore they're on very, they're threading on very thin ice at times.
0: Well, what are
3: the limited parts? What can a store detective do when they see somebody actually taking something?
4: They have what is known as citizen's arrest. This means that they can arrest a person where they know a crime has been committed, whereas a policeman is more in a situation where he can uh, arrest a person where he has a suspicion of a crime having been committed. Uh, Then there's great... Course, difference here.
3: Mm. You mentioned violence. How violent? Um, Is it just somebody throwing a punch or is it liable to be worse than that?
4: It can be worse than that. In fact, we had an incident recently where uh, a well known shoplifter, in fact, produced a knife to a security officer. Uh, These attacks, of course, are becoming more frequent. Uh, Not only are we talking about a punch being thrown at somebody, but in general, securities people are subjected to a great deal of abuse and they're spat upon every effort is made to humiliate them and they have work under very trying circumstances at times
3: would this be by professionals or by just casual
4: a mixture of both in fact the abuse and um, violence the crime
3: scene, which embraces both shoplifting and stealing by employees, causes losses totalling around £1 million a year in the retail grocery trade alone. And in one woman's fashion boutique... A good year for us is £2,000 at retail and a bad year is £5,000.
7: And we are doing, in the region, of 100000 a year turnover. So we're talking between 2 and 5%.
3: So, how many cases a day does that represent in a major store for a store detective?
0: Well, you could have anything from one to eight to ten. It would depend on the size of the store and the day, of the time of the year, if you like, and how many people are in the store.
3: But you're most unlikely to be hanging around for a week without seeing anybody. Shoplifting. Oh, yes, yeah,
0: very unlikely. <laughs> in fact, it rarely happens. It's big business. Oh, it's big business, yeah, all around.
3: What's viewpoint? <laughs>